Hello there, and thank you for joining us on HearthCast, episode number 282 for patch 6.2. Our topic for this episode is integration improvements. And now, from the excellence in podcast studios, it's time for another episode of HearthCast. This is Root, and I play a Goblin Warlock. And this is Freckleface, and I play a Goblin Hunter. We are a podcast covering the World of Warcraft universe. Coming up in episode number 282 of HearthCast, we'll cover what we feel Blizzard could do to improve game integration. We have an add-on that offers a simple way to jot stuff down. And we'll discuss someone who's studying the cultures within WoW and getting paid for it. So, hey, Root. Hello there, Freckle Face. How was your week in the Blizzard Universe? My week in the Blizzard Universe was, was rather interesting. Rather interesting. Uh, so as you know, we talked about that I got back into raiding with my open raid group. We finished normal. Awesome. Uh, to the degree where we have all the bosses except for Archimond on farm. We're just one-shotting them. Archimond is difficult. So we've decided not to complete Archimond on normal. We decided to start Heroics, which we've done. We did the first boss, which is like the Hellfire Citadel, uh, that open area. When you first walk in, it's got all the trash. And it, it, we did the, anyhow, we did the first boss in Hellfire Citadel on Heroic mode, which it's it was confusing. I'm so glad our raid leader knew how to you know prioritize and mark targets. But man, I was, it's, just, it's just crazy. However, we're going to proceed with heroics until we get enough people geared up to go do Archimon normal. So we're hoping to kind of outgear it a little. A lot of people get a lot of gear. I'm really happy. I got a lot of gear, but I've lost a lot of rolls too, but that's quite all right. That's part of the game. So it's cool. Loving it, loving it, loving it. Did Time Walking Dungeons this weekend. Kind of had mixed emotions about that. Yeah. Which uh, ones did you end up in? I don't remember, uh, but two of them I hadn't done before, so that was kind of cool. Oh, cool. Uh, what I did like about it, there were BC this past weekend, and the artwork in some of those dungeons is just absolutely beautiful. Yeah. But my mixed emotions came with the fact that now people are starting to optimize gear sets for time-walking dungeons for both the BC and the Wrath ones. By that, I mean that they're using their actual tier gear from that expansion, so if they got a legendary from that expansion, right. that's, so they have this complete gear set that is optimized for that content, and they have the current spell set with that now. For instance, with the, with the warlock and a uh, one of the legendary staffs, you actually can get like a double chaos bolt. That's like a lot of DPS, and so there are these people who are maximizing the amount of DPS their characters can do. So they're going into these uh, time walking dungeons and just blowing their charts up. My mixed emotion on that is I don't have a gear set. So when you get into these places and you think you're doing good and all of a sudden you look up there and you you just you're you're like you're like a centimeter on the <laughs> on the DPS chart and the guy it's like what's going on? Well, it's just letting people have their heyday. People who got the legendaries back in the day. I mean you can't T mog them, so people just been leaving in their bank. Now right. they get to use them. Or people going back and getting their tier sets from that expansion. So there's a lot of stuff going on. The problem I have with it isn't the fact that I don't have it. The problem I have with it is that some people don't understand that there is this going on. And so they'll get into a a time walking run and just go pull crazy and pull four or five trash groups over and wipe the, the whole group. And like, well, I don't understand. I just did this before and it worked. It's like, well, who are you with? Well, you know, was that person completely, you know, just really geared for this or were they, you know, dumbed down in here? So it's, it is, I mean, I wipe so many times, like go slow people, you know, let's not go crazy. You know, you can't, this isn't just a power run through here. So I'm still experiencing some of that. I got through it. I'm, I'm glad it's only five. The last two I went through were fantastic because it was the same group and we all understood each other. We had a good pace. Everybody understood that nobody in there had the crazy, uh, gear sets for it, so it was, it was good. But one of the ones I went to, we just wiped and wiped and wiped. We ended up like, like leaving, like 
rage quitting. But I'm walking dungeon, Freckleface. That's not good. Because the guy in their cap, he's just like, no, our last group could do this. Well, what was the composition of the last group? Yeah. It, 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 it's, yeah, uh, anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> I am taking a little bit of a break from Tanan Jungle Dailies. I felt myself getting a little uh, grindy. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't like feeling grindy. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take a step back. And what I'd like to do now is I'll go in there into Tanan Jungle and I'll use my little uh, the trinket I got that takes me to a rare anywhere. And I'll kill the rare. And then like every 15, 30 minutes, whatever it is, that thing pops. I'll go do that again. The other day I was really mad though. I used it and it put me right up there on the throne of kill Jaden right by this. Um, I think it's like a, a void walker dude, but he's green. And I was right in the middle of a bunch of imps. Normally when you use this thing, it puts you on a safe spot. This was yeah. not a safe spot. <laughs> no. I was like, whoa. And it was just me. There was nobody else there. Aww. It, you know, uh, uh, an inferno aggro. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> so I quickly just soul stoned, ran to a safe spot, let him kill me. And then use my Aviana's feather to leave. There. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Freckleface? How has your week been in the Blizzard universe? In WoW, um, I haven't gotten burnt out with uh, dailies yet into non-jungle, but I'm not doing them every day. I was going ham on them, so. Oh, yeah. That can kind of wear you out, especially if you're doing the two bonus objectives every day as well. I, I was doing it all and trying to do it all as fast as I could. Oh, yeah. That'll kind of burn you out a little bit. Just a little. Just a little. Um, I've been getting a lot of the garrison campaign quest in, in my garrison, and it's odd because it, they're only supposed to show up once a week. Are they showing up multiple times a they week? Just as soon as I've been finishing one to be getting another one. It's odd. Interesting. Now, I haven't seen those. I need to go back and look for them. They seem to be a different NPC, a different time. There's um, a few quests. You can actually check the meta achievement. I'll show you all the ones that there are to do. Um, it seems to be a little bit sporadic as far as which ones show up when. But I am enjoying doing those. Um, I jumped back into uh, Here's the Storm for a few games. Yeah, how's that going? Um... I think I'm a little better. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. Are you still playing against the AI all the time, or are you getting into real matches yet? Well, here's the thing. We had a group of four of us, and we did try to do a quick match, but the problem was it matches pre-maids against pre-maids, yeah. which means it was a little um, unfairly stacked against us. You got destroyed. Yeah. So he kind of went back to doing the AI. I always get very distracted in the shop, just browsing the shop and looking <laughs> at so the outfits pretty. and the colors. It is so pretty. And then you're like, wow, this stuff costs a lot of money. Yep. And then not buy anything and then just kind of leave me. Like, I get more excited than shop than I do actually playing. Oh, uh, yeah, I can see that. I've done that before. Yeah. I had a very upsetting Hearthstone game. Do explain? All right, well, this is a known issue. It's It's been on the forums for a couple months. But there is a legendary card called Nas Doromu. And when you play him, both players' turns are now shortened to 15 seconds, which is about as long as it takes once, you know, the rope comes out when your turn is almost over. Right. Which means every time it's a player's turn, the rope comes out. Immediately. Immediately. Right, okay. So it's it's there just to add, you know, a little bit of randomness to the game to, you know, keep your opponent on edge. However, there's an issue with animations. Because when when a, one person plays a bunch of cards, and what they're doing now, they're playing Nostromo, which shortens the turn. Then they're playing a bunch of other cards. And then they're hitting in turn. Now it's my turn. 15 seconds. But I can't do anything until the animations finish for my opponent's turn. Which take like 12 seconds. I missed a complete turn because of oh, it. Oh, wow. Just like sitting there, like not being able to touch anything, like just watching stuff go by, and now it's their turn again. Yeah. Oh, and stinks. then two more turns after that, only had three seconds to react, and then it was just too late. Like... I don't know if I can tell you how aggravating that is. It sounds aggravating because you're trying to play a game and they are prohibiting you to play from playing they the game. They are. And I could give them a minute for the doubt and say like they weren't doing it on purpose. But whether or not they were, that shouldn't be how that functions. Right. You know. I say it's pretty easy just to either take that card out of the game or disable that card until they figure out how to 
fix that mechanic, but I don't know. I don't know the back uh, end of this game. So. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how difficult it is, but as far as I know, it's been posted about for several months, and they haven't officially responded whether or not or when they're going to fix it. Mm. So, a little irritated about that. But despite that, I've had a pretty good week. Now, last week, Root, I feel so bad because I was, I was editing last episode, and I, I listened to the part when you said, Tell, remind me later to tell you a secret. Right. And I was like, okay. And then I listened to the rest of the episode and I never heard me ask it. Well, that's partially my fault because I told you about it and then I didn't go update the outline. You have to put in the outline. <laughs> if it's not in the outline, we don't talk about we it. We know this after six years. If it's not in the outline, we're not just going to suddenly remember it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right. So what is your big secret? And it's not you streaking or it's pooping <laughs> on the yard. I question my sharing of that uh, <laughs> bit of information. I don't. Now. <laughs> I think that's amazing. Yeah, we'll see if Blizzard ever has me in another documentary after that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, the secret. It's more of a marketing thing. And it stems from the conversation we had with about uh, Aviana, how I accidentally said Ariana, and you said, oh, we all know an Ariana. Sure. Ariana, Ariana Grande, uh-huh. whatever. Okay. Wait, is your secret that you know Ariana Grande? No. Okay. Just checking. It's not. Because I'd win some tickets. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> so here, here's the deal, right? On your phone, if you take like like everybody's name who's in your phone that calls you or texts you on a regular basis and you replace their names... With a celebrity's name. It's still that person's phone number. It's not the celebrity's phone number. Well, yeah. However, when you called me, it would be like, oh, look, Madonna's calling me. I need to take this call. (laughs) Now, I did this back in my online marketing days because it was like I would have my phone sitting down and then somebody would call. Who knows, you know, who knows who it was. But the call name, caller ID name would show as somebody like super famous. And I would have it, my phone always face up. So when it would go off, someone would look down and see whose phone is. Whoa, David Hasselhoff is calling this guy? <laughs> and I'd be like, hang on, the Hoss call. I got to take this call. And I would go just, hey, Dave, or what? Because that's the thing. The, the secret is making it usually the person's first name to the celebrity's first name. I see. So that when you're having the conversation, it still sounds like you're having a, a, a first name based conversation with a right. celebrity. Works wonders. Really? Oh, yeah. People fall for it? <laughs> All the time. They're like, hey, we got to get at this guy. You know, he's doing something for David Hasselhoff. We need to sign him up quick. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> I don't but, know how I feel about that. Oh, it's, you just can't tell a person ever <laughs> that it really wasn't David Hasselhoff on the other phone, you know. So, no, nah, it's just some dude I knew named Dave, man. Sorry. <laughs> That was it. it. Had nothing to do with WoW. It was just you know, oh, okay. it was the that names. name drop thing. So that that was about it. But hey, Freck, we do have an email. We have an email from Scaresome who says, "Ahoy, root and freckle face. I love the recent episode of Hearthcast, and I laughed a lot. It was great." As you went over your terrific list of what Blizz got right in the Warlords of Draenor, I'd like to add one thing that I expected to hear. Number one, amassing gold. The garrison followers with the treasure hunter trait is pure gold. As we will be in this expansion for a while, I am leveling yet another alt with the sole purpose of doing gold missions. I expect to have one or two million by the time the next expansion arrives, if I don't go on a spending spree. And one and a half, I won the white rhino from Madame Goya in a fierce bidding war. I think I could have flipped it and sold in the auction house for twice what I paid. Sweet. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know why we didn't talk about the gold thing as being one of the things. I don't know. See, that's the thing. I don't know if that's a thing I would actually consider Blizzard getting right or not. Yes, it is very simple, in my opinion, to get gold. And apparently in uh, Scarisman's opinion as well. But there are still people who are just broke because they don't do it right. They don't know about the treasure hunter trait. They don't know how to work the auction house. They don't know. Because I'm the same way. I have all of my followers have the treasure hunter trait. If they don't, I don't want them. I fire them. The majority of my missions are treasure hunting missions. So, yeah, it's cool. I just don't know, man. It's it's one of those things I agree with you 
but I don't know if I 100% agree that it's a good thing from Blizzard. Well, I definitely like seeing that big number. Yeah, you just like the amount of gold I had because I keep buying you things. Well, that too. <laughs> <laughs> Scaresome, thank you so much for that email, uh, as always. And grants on that uh, white rhino. Oh, yeah. I think I would have flipped it. I, I'd know I want to see screenshots. Uh, screenshots or didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. Coming up next in general chat. Integration improvements. Blizzard has a history of releasing something, watching customer feedback, then adjusting accordingly. This has been true for statements they've made, as well as expansions and different software titles they have released. In this episode of HearthCast, we're going to discuss some integration improvements we think Blizzard can make in their mobile app. Now, I'm specifically talking about the mobile armory here, just uh, just for reference and clarification. Uh, because if you say mobile app, sometimes people think you're talking about Hearthstone. Because it's a mobile app. Oh. And a desktop app, but it has them, you know. So, just for clarification's sake, we're talking about the mobile armory for World of Warcraft. One integration improvement I believe they can make is notifications with the ability to toggle those notifications on or off. Such as auction house listings. You know, things you're looking for. If you're looking for a particular pet or mount or piece of equipment or recipe, who knows what. You could type in what you're looking for, and if it appears on the auction house, you could get a notification of that right on your phone. I should, before I get too deep into this, one of the fundamental changes that needs to be made is that you should be able to get push notifications without your app being on. So you, you mean not, without it being open? Without it being open, right. right. Give me push notifications on this. Right. Okay. Moving forward. Again, with the auction house, let me know when I've had something that's either expired or sold. Yeah, that's probably the most crucial one I think they're missing. Because I will list stuff on the armory and then I'll forget about it. Yep. You know, tell me it's expired. I can relist it. Especially, uh, one of the benefits of the armory is is switching between your characters and listing stuff on different auction houses. I do that all the time. And then if I forget about it, it is. So let me know, hey, on Fat Wallet, your listing expired or your listing sold. One of the two. Some other notifications would be nice as garrison notifications, like work orders, follower missions, shipyard missions, that kind of thing, timers. And I know that Wowhead has an app that does this, as in timers, but it's kind of rudimentary. I have not used it yet, but watching uh, some screen caps of it and, and recordings of it, it's something that, you know, as soon as you start the app in the game, you get a QR code. And you use your phone, you take a picture of the QR code, and then it knows when all your missions have started and when all those missions will expire, and it sets timers on your phone. Kind of clunky, I think. I want to try it, but it just looks like it's going to be something kind of clunky and a step I don't want to take. I think that should be integrated in Blizzard's offering already. And, you know, if they're not going to let us do the missions from the phone as then like, complete them or send people out on them... It would be cool to like at least know when there is a new mission available because sometimes you get something that's really cool. And you miss it. Yeah. Or that would make you want to log on immediately to send your people out for. Some other notifications I'd like to get is a new guild message of the day. So when your guild leader goes in and changes your guild MOTD, it'd be nice to get an alert on that. Not have to log into the app to get it. Yeah. It depends on your guild. They could post something very important like, hey, can't raid tonight. Oh, true. If we had a, you know, a death in the family or, you know, it could be something very serious. And now you get home, you're all geared up to raid and you're all excited. Now it's just, whoa, wave of bad news, dude. Yeah. So it'd be nice. Also, anytime uh, your guild members or raid leaders list an event, any guild event on the calendar, I should get a notification of that in case I want to sign up for it. You know, they may put on there that, hey, we're doing a naked gnome run. Oh, hey, sign me up, man. <laughs> I want to go on that. Also, it'd be kind of cool to know when your lockouts expire. Like the day of, get a little notification in the morning that your lockouts are expiring for the following instances. That'd be kind of nice. Hmm. So you can plan your day. Right. You're like, hey, send me a notice at 830 in the morning of when all my lockouts expire. So a lot of them are going to expire on Tuesdays. Maybe you don't get it for the, you know, the big ones, but... Other ones that are 24, you know, different lockouts, just let me know. 
Or how about a daily summary? This is more for parents than anything else, but a daily summary that gets sent to my phone of my playtime, how much gold I've got, all the all the statistics of the past 24 hours. Now, I don't know if I necessarily want a notification about that, but I would like to be able to view that pretty easily. So I like to track my time. Well, yeah. And it, I don't, but I know you do. But if my son ever got in, he plays Hearthstone, right? A lot. Sometimes I think he plays too much Hearthstone because he's got access Not to possible. it. Not possible. Okay. Middle of the night playing Hearthstone. Well, if he can't sleep. I don't want him playing Hearthstone in the middle of the night, though, because then he's not that he can't sleep, is that he's just not sleeping. Mm. But if I get a report in the morning that, hey, Siren was on playing Hearthstone at 3 a.m., I'd be like, yo, dude, what up? Besides you at 3 (laughs) a.m. So it'd be nice to have that kind of stuff. Yeah. Outside of notifications... I want there to be some kind of social information that can be listed in the actual mobile app. My Twitter, my Facebook, email, phone number, whatever I want to share with the guild or the public. I should be able to toggle that. So that when someone does a character search on me, they can say, oh, here's Root from that server. And, oh, wow, here's his Twitter and here's his website and, you know, here's this and here's that. I don't know about that. <laughs> Here's his Bitcoin address. I really want to send him some Bitcoin, and now I have his Bitcoin address to send him some. You know, something like that. Yeah. That'd be cool. One place I really think they missed the boat on is calendar integration. Real calendar integration. Be it iCal or Google Calendar. Any event that I've signed up for in a raid, I should be able to have that on my personal calendar that it just should integrate with. Yeah, if you're not in-game, you can't check your calendar to see if you're supposed to be somewhere. And I know I cannot be the only person who relies on a calendar as much as I do. No. So if I have something on my calendar, I'm like, hey, you got something on my calendar today. Someone says, hey, can you do this? Let me check my calendar. Nope, I can't. I have a raid or whatever. You know, I have an event to go to. I normally just call it an event because if you tell somebody that you have a naked norm run, they really look at you funny. You know, (laughs) so I just normally go, I have an event that night. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Or if there's any kind of, you know, like a recurrent event, like maybe your, your, like maybe your guild raids on Thursdays and Friday nights. Well, if I'm signed up for those, let me have it in my calendar. Let it recur. In-game mail. I know we've talked about this to death, but oh, why is it so difficult to be able to check your mail? Yeah. Check your mail, send mail, receive mail, send attachments. You got to be able to do all that from, from it, you know? That's an integration. I'm talking just in the app itself. I don't, you know, or... Maybe even go to the website, the mobile or the army website. That's fine. But if I, you know, want to send somebody a mail, because maybe I don't have somebody's personal information because they didn't include the social information that I talked about before in the army app. So if I don't have that and I need to send somebody a message like, hey, I'm not going to make it to the raid tonight or whatever, that's, you know, that could be considered crucial for a social game then I should be able to email them directly from the the app itself. It would also be cool to be able to see your quest progression. Right, just like what's in the game on the right-hand side. Yeah. What quest you're on, you know, how many of the, what are we doing? Some tomes I'm getting now, chaos tomes or something? I don't know what they are. I've got like five of 33. (laughs) It's going to take me forever. But I would know that looking at the app. Like, okay, I've got forever to go. (laughs) But I would know that because it's in the app. Uh, it should be in the app or anything else like what you're doing, you know, step away, go to dinner, look at like, you know, what? I'm really close to finishing that quest up. Maybe I'll finish that up tonight. It would be good to do. Something I've asked for a lot is a shopping list. We can already buy things in the auction house. So give me a shopping list so I can preset because there's always things I'm going to buy. And right now you can search for one thing. And once you search that one thing, you can search for one other thing but then overwrites the one thing you were searching for. So if I have a list of things that I'm routinely going to be purchasing on the auction house, let me save that and just go one click, buy it. One click, buy that. Another click, buy that. So it'd be a lot faster. The flip side of that is preset sell lists. So if I know that I'm going to amass a brunt of frost weed and I know that I want to sell those frost weeds in stacks of 50 for a particular set price, or an undercut set price of maybe like 1%, then allow me 
at the click of one button to automatically list all of those. Just break it up. If I say it's stacks of 50, break up what I've got and how many stacks of 50 takes and list them at the price I say list with one click. Should not be that difficult to do. It's just math. And I know I can go into the auction house. I know I can click frost weed. I know I can say I want this many stacks. I know I can do that manually and wait, but I shouldn't have to. Because then I have to go back out after those listings are done, go to the next thing I want to sell, do the same thing over and over again. So if I can preset those, it saves a bunch of time. A little different than the garrison notifications is just the set timers, kind of like uh, what this Wowhead app does. But let me look in there and see what the duration of my missions are. You know, when are my followers coming back? When are my ships coming back? Let me see that. And, you know, while I'm on the garrison, you know you can go to Warspear and now you can complete work orders there. You don't have to be in your garrison to complete work orders. Where is that? Wherever the profession buildings are in, uh, like, Warspear. Oh, the work orders themselves, but right. not the missions? Not the missions. Okay. Your work orders. You can, you, don't have, you can go there. It's the same thing. It's the same animation. It's the same look. You just go over there. You click it. You complete it. So why can't I complete those from the mobile app? And you've already alluded to this. I think you should be able to finish work orders. I think you should be able to finish missions from a mobile app. Yeah, it's a 2D interface. There's no real reason why you shouldn't be able to other than the fact that they don't want us to. Which I think is the worst reason ever for anything. Yeah. That is, that is, I'm going to take my ball and go home reason. You can't do that because I don't want you to. That's a two-year-old reason. It's a two-year-old <laughs> mindset. If I have to go into a garage, look, here's the thing. The first meetup that Cuddles came to, we've talked about Cuddles here on the show before. He had a phone with him. Which, you know, a lot of people carry phones. Congratulations. <laughs> his phone was remotely connected to his computer at home via, like, I think Team Viewer or some other uh, mobile desktop application. And he was completing garrison missions because he was logged into World of Warcraft at home. So as long as he didn't break that connection he and, and he was good, he can control his computer from home, from his phone, log into WoW, go do garrison missions. Myself, I've had, you know, a laptop and a 3G card where I've gone on at customer locations, gone, well, they're not ready for me or, you know, this is taking much longer to do this. So let me jump on my computer here. I'm going to go do Garrison missions. So people are doing these missions, completing missions, sending followers out a plethora of different ways. Yes, they're still logging into the game, but they're not playing World of Warcraft. They're completing missions. So why not allow people to do that? And I'm not saying go through it and allow me to have the entire mission interface. I'm not saying let me go and pick my followers to go do my missions. I don't want that level of integration. It'd be nice, but I don't want it right now. I just want to be able to go, okay, those are complete, complete all. Boom, 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 done. Now, my shipyard missions are complete. My garrison follower missions are complete. My work orders are complete. A lot of my typical garrison chores can be completed on the mobile app. Well, if you can't send them out, then there's no real point in completing them. It'll save you, you know, 10 seconds when you log into the game. <laughs> okay. You see, I'm saying the point of having something on the mobile is so that if your people are going to be done with the mission at 10 a.m. and you're not going to be able to log in uh, to the game until 6 at night, you can log in, collect your missions, send them out on more missions, have them get those done before you actually log into WoW. I think, honestly, the risk that might be there that Blizzard is possibly skating around is uh, the fact that that can't be controlled. People could automatically bot that. So I get an app that loads the World of Warcraft Armory app that then goes and completes and does my missions for me. So now I have phone bots. That's true. And they've gone through a lot of time and expense to, you know, circumvent bot usage that this, you know, now if, if, that, if they came out and said that was the reason that they're not doing this, great. More power to them, they would get my respect. Not that they don't already have it, but to come out and go, well, we just don't want to. Well, (laughs) (laughs) crafting, Freck. I want to be able to craft on my phone. Crafting is one of the most, I don't know what, frustrating wastes of time in the game ever. 
you sit there. Bling, bling, okay, there's a craft all button, right? Yeah. I can craft 153 of these. I guess I'll take the dog for a walk. Bling, bling, waste of time. Let me do it on the phone. Click, click, gun. You can even make the noise if it wanted to on my phone. It's right. like, look at my phone. What's going on? I'm crafting. What? Craft, crafting World War II. Don't worry about it. <laughs> my phone is updating. Oh, okay. <laughs> it all fits together if you have access to everything on the remote app. Your bank, your mail, the auction house, crafting abilities. All that fits together because now you can buy things you might need to craft things you might need to send to people you may know to be completely raid ready for that night or whatever else the case might be. You, I might be like at work and you could text me and go, Hey Root, uh, we're doing this really fun thing tonight and I know you're an alchemist. Could you hook me up with 20 potions of illusion? And I'd be like, hang on a sec. I can look at my phone and go, okay, it takes this and this. Let me go buy those, craft those, and send those to Freckle Face. Done. Done. Be nice. Right? Yeah. But can you right now? No. No. So with the full integration, with notifications, with calendar integration, with mail, quest tracking, shopping lists, everything, all your garrison chores, crafting abilities, there's only one more thing that the mobile app needs to do. Fishing, freckle face. <laughs> I knew it. Fishing. Fishing. Why not? They have fishing games out for phones where people take the phones and they make the casting action. <laughs> Is that cast. what you really want? That's what I really want. You just fish with your phone. Like, all right, it'd be so fun. <laughs> Wouldn't you prefer something a little bit more discreet? Well, you could turn that off. You could hit you could just tap your oh, phone okay. to fish as well, but you know, because you're riding a bus doing that, it might freak people out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but if you just tap it, I mean, it's, fishing is such a non, I don't know what the word I'm looking for in this one is. You, it's not immersive. I mean, there are guys on like how to fish and watch Netflix. There's guys out there for that. There are bots, a lot of bots. Fishing bots are huge out there. Me, when I'm like doing like a fishing bonanza type thing, if you will, I use Fishing Ace, I think, as we talked about it before. It does everything on one click. You just right-click everything, and it's just fishing. As long as your fishing pole is equipped, it takes over. And so I fish. I see where my bobber lands. I put my cursor over it. I turn my attention to Netflix or whatever else I was watching. And as soon as I hear the bobber sound, I click. And then I click again, put my mouse over, wash, rinse, repeat. I'm not engaged in World of Warcraft whatsoever during that time. I'm wasting their resources. I'm wasting their bandwidth. Might as well make it a mobile app. There is a lot we do in the game just to have our characters be ready to meet the challenges of playing the actual game. And by allowing remote app access to some of these tasks, our in-game time could be spent in a more beneficial manner. We asked you on Twitter how you felt the mobile app could be improved. And here's what some of you had to say. Tim A says, add garrison missions and pet battling and transmog with a new Diablo-style system hopefully arise with Legion. Sinister Wyvern says, add full battle.net communications like the Hearthstone app has. And Middle Finger Bill says, right, I'm still waiting for something to have been right. They had many times to do that and haven't yet. Thank you all for your comments. I kind halfway now think that that middle finger bills comment was about last week's <laughs> what blizzard got right <laughs> it's applicable it is still it was, I was like, well, the mobile armory is uh it's pretty old and they've had a lot of opportunities yeah. uh, to get it right and have the interface got a lot better i like the fact that now you don't have to log in every time it used to bug me oh this is true so i'm glad you have to do that so they're getting some things right but i think they do need to spend a little more uh, resources on that. So again, everybody, thank you so much for your contributions and your insights on how you feel about uh, Blizzard's mobile app. It's time to crank things up. Crank things up. Open a can of bloodlust. 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 Come get some. Bloodlust not guaranteed to raise the haste in anyone in your party but you. Bloodlust. 
It's time for the add-on spotlight. Have you ever been in a game and wanted to make a note of something? A lot of times. Do you have stuff you forget? All the time. (laughs) (laughs) That's like asking me if the sun came up today. (laughs) I have this problem a lot in a game. There's just stuff I want to make reference to. And I've been lacking an add-on that let me just write stuff down. So I found one. It's called Simple Notepad. The interface is very simple. So you install, you open it up. It has several different tabs that you can save different notes to. There is one tab called Character that whatever you write there, it is saved to that specific tune. The rest of them are synchronized across your account. So if you have something that you want to be reminded of on your alt, you have a place to write it down. It's very easy to use. You just open it up, click on the note, write, save, and it's stored. Um, It works with uh, LDB, so you can use it with a chocolate bar like I use or Titan panel, whatever you use. It also has a mini map button if you like. I'll tell you what I've used it for so far. And while both of these things are something that, yeah, I could have found a way around it. um, I always get annoyed when I hear somebody yell in Tanan Jungle. And I know that they're summoned one of the four bosses. But I don't know which one. Hmm. Because you don't see the name of the thing they're actually summoning. So I made a note of the four bosses, their waypoints, and who does the summoning. So when I see it, I can just open up the note and look at it. The other thing I use it for is to help me remember slash commands. Okay. We both use an add-on called Benefits with Friends. And while it is a great add-on, it is lacking a central list of the slash commands that you use with it. And the only place I found it is listed on the add-on description on yeah, Curse. Yeah, that's, that's a good point because I find myself a lot of times going back to the add-ons page to find out what slash commands are. Now, granted, so the bigger issue is that the add-on itself doesn't have an interface, doesn't have a list that you can access in the game. But between those two things, and I know you mentioned uh, Deadly Boss Mobs will, um, depending on your settings, will tell you which big dude is up. But the notepad is just nice for those miscellaneous things. It was originally designed to help you remember which poison to put on which dagger for your rogue. Apparently, the author was having problems with that. (laughs) Wow, that's back in like Wrath days, right? Uh, I'm not sure exactly when it was, but yeah, now whenever you apply a poison, it's just a general buff. It's not applied to a dagger itself. Um, And it's just one of those catch-all things. You know, if you ever find yourself wanting to make a to-do list, I mean, I keep mine online. I use Google Keep. But if you'd rather just keep a list in-game or, you know, whatever reason, it's a simple interface to use. Um, My only issue with it is that I found it difficult to highlight text. Mm-hmm which has kept me from being able to delete stuff easily or I wanted to be able to copy and paste uh, the waypoints that I um, jotted down, but I haven't found an easy way to do that. Gotcha. But it's not that difficult just to, you know, type slash way 25 comma space 38. It's not that difficult. As long as you know it, though. So that's the thing. You have to know those coordinates where they are. So that's why you're using the note system for that. Exactly. That. Yeah. yeah. Now, I installed it. And I don't use uh, Chocolate Bar or Titan Pan or anything like that. You know, I'm using ELV UI. So it didn't have an interface direct for it, but it uses a slash command, which is slash SNP, Simple Notepad. Okay. And that does pull it up. And uh, I was looking through it, and I can see it being useful, but it's one of those, my only thing is I need something that is, uh, you know, jumps out at me. So when I log in, it pops up. So you need more of a reminder. I need a disruptive, something that's disruptive and interrupts me and says, by the way, you need to do X, Y, Z. Right. Oh, okay, that's right. I need to do that. Because if not, now I have to remember to go look for Simple Notepad. But I do like your idea, and I hadn't considered it, but I do like your idea of a place to store notes as in uh, the slash commands for other add-ons that I've got. So I'm now seeing a renewed interest in it in myself for something it could be very useful for. Is else, I mean, I do have stuff like that, but I usually tab out of the game and go to a, I have a little text document that I keep on my desktop that has a bunch of notes on it. And so you have to tab out of the game or I use it in a different computer that I've you know mapped over to that drive and I can get it from that computer. But if I have it in the game, even better. Simple Notepad is over in Curse. 
Einstein, those are cool how Einstein, you were telling me about it um, via Hangouts over the phone. And I logged into my Curse account over my phone and installed it that way on my, home, on my home computer. Interesting. Yeah, so when I got home, I just logged in and I, I had it. And I was like, that's creepy. <laughs> that's cool. So that that is cool. And it is, again, Simple Notepad over on Curse.com. Check it out. Let us know what you think. Making headlines in gaming news. So an article came out on the website motherboard.com about an archaeologist named Andrew Raynard who is researching a new field that he calls archaeogaming. Interesting. So his philosophy is that video games are human creations and are therefore artifacts in and of themselves, and they contain a wealth of story and objects that lend themselves to archaeological thinking. Now, as an archaeogamer... He has studied in-game artifacts from different fantasy civilizations. Uh, There's a note in the article about the pottery differences between Blood Elves and Night Elves. He has studied the different coins that are used in Skyrim. When uh, the upcoming game is released called No Man's Sky, he's going to be studying computer-generated worlds. And that is the game that is supposed to emulate the vastness and the um, infiniteness of space. Oh, okay. So the computer will constantly generate new planets. Neato. So they're going to study what that artificial generation is like. Okay. Um, And he also studies the changing economy of in-game currency based on in-game events. So it's an interesting read there. Um, One of his quotes is, I'm staking what some might consider to be an insane claim. That there is no difference between cultures in either real or virtual environments. A couple points. Kudos to him for actually getting paid to research this stuff. It always surprises me when you see people who get grants to research, you know, stuff like this. I'd love to sit down with him and uh, get his opinion on trolls, not the race in World of Warcraft, (laughs) but general trolls. Because there can be trolls for anything. You can sink an economy. You can crash the oxen house. There's so much you can do. As far as studying the difference in pottery between blood elves and night elves, I mean, how grats, I guess, but it's copy pasta from an art guy who went, okay, let me change the shade and the pattern of that and go. Because I have a deadline where I have to have these artifacts in the game done. And here are the palettes that the art team told me I needed to use uh, for blood elves, and here are the, the, the palette that I'm supposed to use for night elves. Yeah, it's an interesting spectrum because on the one hand, if you're studying a fantasy cultural with the same intensity as you would a real one, I think that's kind of flawed in and of itself. Hugely flawed because in our real world, there's so much that goes into form, you know, forming a culture. In the gaming world, there's a lot, but a lot of that happens in a boardroom and a dartboard and they're just like, uh, let's make... The blood elves' eyes, green. (laughs) (laughs) Or who knows what. And then there's just so much that's just like, it's not really thought out. Yeah, go read the books. Read all the books. There's tons of lores and reasoning for things to be certain ways that are contained in the books that are created by authors that are approved by Blizzard. I I don't. Yeah, how much that culture is, quote, real is how much effort gets put into it. Now, didn't you mention a few episodes that you haven't been to the Harry Potter part of Universal? I did mention that, and I still have not been. You still have not been. All right, so the Harry Potter universe is something that is fantasy. Obviously, it was created in the books, and then it got represented in the movies, and then they made a section of the Universal theme parks be where you could walk down the streets of, is it uh, Hogsmeade? And, like, visit the different shops where Harry would have, you know, gotten his wand and all this stuff. That would be uh, Diagon Alley. Diagon Alley. Thank you. You're welcome. The problem is when you go there, it looks from a distance that there are a lot of shops that you can visit. And then once you get closer, you realize most of them are just facades. Right. Your illusion is shattered. It is a little bit. Especially when you go into the shop and they sell candy. Sure, and it's cool, it's themed candy, but it's also the same candy that they sell in every other shop in Universal, just like maybe a different name, maybe not. So this whole 
you know, wonderment of it's that you can go into this candy factory that's going to be as amazing as you think it's going to be from reading the book. And then you get there and there's not that much to it. Right. So you can go in like you could buy in, on the wrapper. It could be that magic chocolate that turns you into different animals that they have in the game. Or, maybe, yeah. you know, you make the sounds of the different animals. But in reality, it's just a piece of chocolate. Right. I mean, everyday world, the reality is every person that you pass by has a long backstory. They have relationships. They have complications. They have everything. And even if you only see them for a second, they still exist. They still have their own story. Whereas, you know, fantasy world, that only exists as much as you need to tell your main story. Right. And then so many things stop and aren't ever completed. Or then Blizzard comes back years later and completes that storyline arc or whatever the case might be. What's more fascinating to me about cultures is, uh, you can Google this one, there is a uh, culture, they live on an island, they've had zero contact from the outside world. If you approach their island, like by a plane or boat or whatever, they throw spears at you, they want no contact from the outside world. They want to be left alone. That interests me more, and I think should be studied a little more to, you know, to a degree, you don't want to invade <laughs> their privacy, you know. Kind of Why hard do you to study with the spirit yeah. of your chest. <laughs> Why do y'all want to be left alone? We're coming in to find out. No. <laughs> or even the, even that, or for instance, in in Africa, there are places right now in today's world that have abandoned their local currencies and gone into their own form of currency, their own localized controlled currencies. That, to me, is even more interesting than yeah. you know anything else. I really want to know if this guy has read the books, understands the lore, because if he's a lore nerd that's found a way to get paid for doing it, that's even more interesting to me than him saying I'm an archeo gamer or whatever he called himself. Then, <laughs> uh, then, that just you know, it's one of those things where it, it, my mind, I just, it, I can't comprehend the fact that someone's going to look at a piece of pottery in a game that when I look at the piece of pottery, I go, hey, that artist did a good job on that. Right, like a real piece of art here, it has a creator somewhere. Whereas anything that you find in WoW is going to have the same design team, basically. Back uh, in the, uh, it was one of the videos that got released at the last BlizzCon. There was a guy they're interviewing, and he's like, uh, yeah, my job is, is trees. Every tree in the game, I'm responsible for every tree. I've, I have drawn every tree in that game. Wow. That's, I get, that's his job. His job is trees, right? So yeah. he makes every tree in the game. Now, does he make every tree in that game or does he make a tree and then copy and paste it yeah Yeah. exactly yeah i'm thinking he's making templates yeah you know and then changes certain characteristics of it for certain zones right and voila new tree versus and i don't really know how much thought goes into it i mean i love the trees up in um northern in that the, the the loggy lumberjack area grizzly hills Love the trees up in there. I think it's really cool, really great job. Big redwoods and all this other kind of stuff. But what goes into that? Okay, this, you know, look at your environment. Okay, this is like a hilly area. There's trees. We should boost some redwoods in here. Okay, what's a redwood look like? It looks like this. Okay, boom, done. Or is it the past would have developed a tree that did, you know, how much how much thought goes into that? You know, the races that, that came over here, uh, they ate this, which produced, because there's poop quests that produce this type of berry, which produced this type of poop, which produced this type of fertilizer. You know, what goes into yeah, it? Yeah. I'm thinking not all that goes into it. So when you're studying all that, would it be more beneficial to study the video game aspect of it in that piece of pottery, or would it be more beneficial to go talk to the actual artists and art team that developed that and to find out what was behind it? Right. Well, so the one thing that you can take the quote uh, as saying is that there's no difference between cultures in real or virtual environments and that it's already becoming kind of apparent to us that our cultural artifacts are going to be more online than not. Right. I agree with that. But the problem with that, I agree with your statement. I'm not dismissing it completely. Right. You and I both know somebody who has a piece of one of the original servers for World of Warcraft. I think they have the CPU or a RAID controller, one of the two. I can't remember which one it is. They've got it framed on their wall. So what happened to that server? Where's the history? Where's the archaeological find from that chunk of the world? It's gone. It doesn't exist anymore. That server is gone completely. They sold it off to recoup costs. Other video games that have come and gone, there have been online video games that are now defunct. Where's the hardware? It got auctioned off to, you know, meet debt requirements. Yeah. 
where is it? Unless somebody videotaped the last moments of that game, which a lot of them have, and they're on YouTube. Where you know where's the historical value there? It's no longer there. Server mergers in World of Warcraft. Where is the original history of that server now? Well, and that's part of where the archaeology comes into play. Like, for example, um, when an article becomes deleted, like there is, didn't Gawker get in trouble or become in the news lately for um, deleting an article like the same day that it was published? Mm, I don't know, maybe, but, you know, there are places that archive stuff instantly. Exactly. So, you know, whatever the original source is decides to take down the content. Before that even happens, someone who screenshots it, that screenshot gets uh, spread around. I mean, that happens all the time to uh, people that post things on Twitter. Yeah, they try to retract it. Oops, I didn't mean to post that. Yeah, you know, like, um, who was it? Like, when Russell Brand and Katy Perry were together, he took a picture of her without makeup on and posted to Twitter. And then she saw it and got mad and made him take it down. But it's too late. People already screenshotted yeah. it. People already spread that picture around. So in the future, like, let's say... That particular incident was big. There wouldn't be that original Twitter that was still active, but there would be images and it would be kind of maybe documented like, well, this image was saved from this, you know, this amount of people were spreading this image around. And this is what we believe is the original source. All right. I can see your point there. Yeah. And, uh- and what you're saying with the YouTube, if a video game no longer exists, but you know, we have videos of people playing it that in and of itself can become archaeological evidence. And how long does that stay active? That's what we don't know. Right. There is a thread uh, that was going around on the WoW subreddit where people were posting vanilla WoW screenshots. And people were, you know, you could see what it used to look like. Right. What the interface used to look like, what the characters used to look right. like, what the graphics were. And from that aspect, okay. Yeah, right. I can see that as a cool archaeological sort of thing. The information basically just kind of becomes copies of copies of copies, you know. Yeah, I just, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around the fact that this guy is, you know, devoting a part of his career to it. I know he's like, you know, this insane claim he's making, which I don't think is insane, that there's no difference between cultures in either real or virtual environments. I, I get that. And the reason I get that is because there's trolls, again, anywhere. You know, we degrade humans, degrade no matter where they are, which I think is the underlying tone of, of everything. Oh, that's dark. It's the truth. <laughs> I know. You know? So, but in light of being able to research it that way, that's kind of cool. In being able to, you know, I still think I have problems with researching currencies and how they, how market fluctuations work inside of a game. Since the vast majority of the games out there aren't based on the real world economy, uh, and a lot of them are actually controlled by the the game masters and the servers themselves. Right. I mean, real economics scarcity is the basis of economics. I mean, we don't have unlimited food, and because of that, we have a complicated economic system. Yeah, but it's something that's virtual. You know, who says there's not an unlimited amount of it? So, yeah, I agree with you. Um, Somebody making a career of studying things in game. It's kind of like studying films in a way. Like, can you can you study a film? Like, what all can you get out of that? Like, you can you can get a lot like you can you can find symbolism. You can look at society's reactions to that film. You know, was it praised? Was it criticized? Did it make changes? You know, how well did the film um, reflect psychology? Yeah, however this guy got away for getting grant money, I, I'm assuming he's got grant money for this, and however he got away with getting grant money for doing this, I, I want that, that recipe. Because <laughs> I'm, you know, I want to research um, Q times in the social aspects of and ramifications Q, yeah, <laughs> of Q times. There's any correlation and increases in violence. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And, and blood pressure. I will monitor my blood pressure. How, you know, the longer the Q time gets, the long, you know, does my blood pressure go up? Well, let's look at it. Is this just a cue for a dungeon? Is it a looking for raid? Is yeah. It, is it time walking? What is it? I think the more interesting thing about it is not just setting the games themselves. 
I guess like I was using as example with the film, it's not necessarily the film themselves when you're studying it's the people films or books or something like that, you know, classic novels. It's yeah, it's the people, it's reaction, it's how does society react to that or did any changes come about? If it was just a random unknown film or book, whatever at the time, then it's not really worth studying after the fact. Right. And that's kind of why I said I would rather him him go and interview the artist versus looking at the piece of art they created. Right. My fear on that is they go interview a guy at Blizzard, person, we'll say. They go interview this person at Blizzard. And so, uh, sir, um, why uh, why did you choose to make this particular jar uh, red and yellow with some shades of white? Because uh, that's what the guideline told me to do. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I had to have 50 of them done by 3 p.m. So I just used the same palette to save time. Well, then there's that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's, maybe I'm totally off base on this one. You're not. You're not off base. But I think the more interesting aspect is thinking about our culture and gaming, and how archaeologists might study us in the future and oh, might I, look I at our video that. games. Yeah, I totally dig that. I've often wondered that. It's not just the video games, but I've often wondered how a hundred years from now, how people are going to look back at this time and age and go. You know, wow, people, this is what people did for entertainment. It's like that scene from Back to the Future when uh, dude gets into, into the, you know, Johnny's whatever uh, shop, the the diner, and there's that quick draw game. He goes, oh, man, that was a crack shot on this game. Let me show you how it's done. And the little kid's like, oh, you have to use your hands? Oh, man, that's a game for kids. <laughs> because in that future, everything was, you know, just mind controlled or whatever. Right. So... You know, how do we look back on this, where we're at now? And that is valuable study. And understanding it now is valuable for the future understanding of it. You know, the documentation of how it's working today and why people do it today is infinitely more valuable to the future than it is for today. But I don't think that's what this guy's doing. (laughs) So I don't know. Well, it raises some interesting questions. The article did mention that his daughter turned him on to to a Minecraft. Right. And he's like, Minecraft? (laughs) So there's that. There's you know, that. So, yeah. <laughs> the guy missed the boat on Minecraft, and yeah. So, there's that. but good find. It was a good read. I highly suggest you guys go check out that article. Make your own opinions. Form your own thoughts. Uh, it is over at motherboard.vice.com, uh, or just search for archaeologist who studies World of Warcraft, and that should bring you to that article. want to give a special thank you to all the folks that have been using our Amazon link over to hearthcast.com forward slash Amazon to do your shopping. The way that works is pretty simple. You just go to that link or just go to our website and click on the Amazon link. Either one, it takes you over to Amazon. Nothing changes. You shop exactly the way you used to shop. You pay exactly what you used to pay. But a little bit of that comes our way. And that helps us offset the cost here at the Excellence in Podcast Studio so we can continue to provide quality content to you guys our loving listeners. Thank you so much for those of you who do use that. We see it and we do appreciate it. Well, Freck, that about does it for episode number 282. What'd you think of that commercial for uh, Bloodlust? I need me some. You need some Bloodlust, right? Yeah, I do. Th- didn't it get you like, you know, yeah, amped up, ready to go? Arr. And, of course, the other side of that can does say, you know, heroism. Of course. Yeah, I got to yeah. get someone to do that commercial now for us. <laughs> <laughs> Again, uh, thank you all for contributing to the show today with your inputs on um, the mobile app and what uh, Blizzard can do to make their integrations better. Be sure to check your calendars for any kind of in-game events. Remember, it's more colorful, so it's easier to see what's going on. I want to thank our friends on Facebook and our followers on Twitter. And as we close the show, we want to thank you for listening. We'd love to hear your comments, questions, or any other feedback. Our email is podcast at hearthcast.com. You can find us on Twitter at hearthcastbreck and at hearthcastroot, or just head on over to our Hearthcast Facebook page. Visit our website, hearthcast.com, for podcast archives, show information, and more. Until next time, this has been Root and Freckle Face.
It's time to crank things up. Crank things up. Open a can of bloodlust. 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 Come get some. Bloodlust not guaranteed to raise the haste in anyone in your party but you. Bloodlust. 